0: to start this conversation with a very obvious question. And what would that be? What was your experience of dodgeball in school? I was a god. <laughs>
1: <laughs> because in dodgeball, you need to be willing to hurt yourself in order <laughs> to succeed. If that means dropping to the floor and giving yourself a concussion, <laughs> you do it because that's what victory means.
0: Oh my gosh. Welcome back to Kicking and Streaming, where no one makes us bleed our own blood. I'm Carrie. I'm Gavin. And this week we are talking about the 2004 sports comedy, Dodgeball.
1: Ah yes, Dodgeball. We return to the era... Mid-2000s bro films.
0: Uh, <laughs> guys, Ross is still out sick. But as you
1: can clearly tell. Yeah, as you
0: can clearly tell by uh, the fact that he's not on the other side of the mic. But uh, Gavin's filling in again this week. Give Ross a few more days to rest up and he will be back with us next week.
1: I'll stop poisoning him by then.
0: <laughs> Before we get started, don't forget, go follow us on Twitter at kicknstream.
1: K-I-C-K-N-S-T-R-E-A-M.
0: You can write the show at kickingandstreamingpodcast at gmail.com.
1: That's with an and, not an ampersand.
0: And don't forget, folks, be practicing the three R's. Rate, review, retweet. Rate, review, retweet.
1: I'm not on this show all that often, but it's our (laughs)
0: lifeblood. We
1: need them, and we need you. (laughs) Can you answer the call?
0: (laughs) All right, you ready to play some dodgeball?
1: Oh, gosh, here we go again. (laughs)
2: 1954 a simpler time
0: dodgeball is
3: a sport of violence
2: exclusion and degradation a more innocent time
3: make sure you pick the
2: bigger stronger kids for your team that way you can all gang up on the weaker ones you're out for a dodgeball Today, there are those who are born to be champions. Here at Globo Gym, we're better than you,
4: and we know it.
2: <laughs> and then
3: there are these guys. Boom, 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 boom.
4: Do you know why I'm here?
3: Now, do you mean cosmically?
4: You have 30 days to pay off your mortgage, or you lose your gym.
3: Who'd want to buy this place anyway? Oh! Okay, we can't just let Global Jim take us over. If there was any way in the world we could raise $50,000, we could play basketball. Line
4: up, ladies! The name's Patches O'Hoolahan. And I'm your new coach. You gotta get angry. Guess I'm not really an angry person. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Are you angry now? 20th Century Fox invites you. Welcome to this year's Las
4: Vegas Dodgeball Open.
2: To experience the world of dodgeball.
4: There's a souvenir for a lucky man. With the ultimate underdogs. The real
3: team needs real uniforms. I hope they fit. Nice. You guys suck. Thank you. Nice, nice to be in Vegas. You should quit now. I think I'll take my chances in the tournament. Yeah, you will take your chances. That's what I just said. That's what I'm saying to you. All right. Vince Vaughn, oh, you dig me? You do have brief moments where you're not completely. When I'm not completely what? Pathetic.
2: Ben Stiller, we should meet. What? I said we should date.
0: I just threw up in my mouth a little bit.
2: Christine Taylor, you like the rough stuff? huh? Real, freaking naughty. no! Oh! This summer.
4: I love you. I love you.
2: Joni jo- 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 jo loves Chachi. Grab life. Yeah! the ball. You're ready for the hurricane? Ah! Pepper needs new shorts. Woo!
3: Well, at least that wasn't weird. Dodgeball, a true underdog story. You can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. What?
0: I saw a very topical meme on the internet the other day that was like, it's a picture of Britney Spears and she just looks so horrified, but she's also smiling. And it's like me watching comedies I loved from the mid 2000s and realizing how racist, homophobic and misogynistic they are. It's
1: just the personification of, oh,
0: yeah, no, exactly. (laughs) And like, that's, I think that's what we're getting a lot of as we're revisiting these movies. Wouldn't you agree? Yes. We're getting a lot of, oh,
1: this was something I watched. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, oh. Dodgeball, a true underdog story. A subtitle that is the most accurate I've ever heard.
0: <laughs> oh my god, this movie's nuts.
1: With lots of nuts jokes.
0: You're not wrong. This movie uh, was directed by uh Ross and Thurber. I'm not familiar with any of the rest of his work. Neither am I. That doesn't sound like a name. I've never seen We're the Millers or uh, what were some other... I've never seen Central Intelligence. Like, I thought that was something you would have seen because it's got That fool in it that you love but I don't
1: Which fool? There's so many of them
0: Um Kevin Hart (gasps) Kevin Hart oh my gosh No I haven't seen it I don't think Kevin Hart's funny but that's fine Guys you might have guessed it but we have names. We always
1: have names.
0: We've got quite a few repeat offenders this movie. We've got more members of the frat pack with us this week. Maybe you remember, Gavin, a couple of episodes ago, Ross brought up the concept of the frat pack.
1: I think so, but why don't you
0: remind us? The frat pack is Ben Stiller, mm-hmm. who is the acknowledged leader of the frat pack, I guess. And then Vince Vaughn, uh, Steve Carell, Will Ferrell, Owen Wilson... Jack Black and Luke Wilson.
1: Those are all names from my childhood.
0: Most of these people are famous for fool ass
1: films. They're comedic icons for a reason, and they appeared in so many films in the early to late 2000s, but you don't see them as often anymore.
0: And I don't want to spoil anything, but we've got some of those names coming up next week. Just a little something for
1: you guys to look forward
0: to. <laughs> In his first kicking and streaming appearance, we have Mr. Vince Vaughn.
1: The man. The giant Vince Vaughn.
0: Is he the other person in Wedding Crashers? I know Owen Wilson's in Wedding Crashers, but is Vince Vaughn his other? Yes. He's in old school. Remember Todd Phillips from last week? Bro movie. He's also in that really awful, bad shot-for-shot remake of Psycho.
1: Let's not talk about that. Have you
0: ever seen that?
1: I've seen clips. And I've seen the original, and some things need not be changed.
0: Oh my god, that's the thing, they didn't change anything! They didn't change anything! Why did they do that?
1: Because they wanted money.
0: Uh, guys, we have Christine Taylor opposite Vince Vaughn this week. Guys, it's Marsha Brady from the Brady Bunch movie. No kidding! Like, not the original Marsha. I know. Okay. Marsha,
1: Marsha, (laughs) Marsha.
0: Yeah, Marsha took a football to the face, Brady. No, Christine Taylor played her in the movie they made. She was also in Wedding Singer and Zoolander, neither of which I've seen. I've never seen Zoolander. Neither have I. When I tell people that their mouths drop Open. I can't even tell you what it's about based on the cover art. I really cannot.
1: Hey, there are plenty of movies that I probably should have seen at this point that I totally haven't. <laughs> so you'd be forgiven for missing Zoolander.
0: Speaking of Zoolander, Mr. Ben Stiller is here with us. I
1: love Ben Stiller. I know he isn't like the best actor out there. He's not the funniest guy out there anymore. But he's just so, he has such a wide range of characters to him both serious and silly.
0: And you know what? He is married to Christine Taylor. Really? Who plays Kate in this movie. Oh, that's cute. Yeah, it's not cute, really. I mean, it's not cute,
1: but it's like in the context of the movie, it's not cute.
0: Yeah, for sure not. Uh, Guys, Ben Stiller, you probably know him from Something About Mary, Meet the Parents, Tropic Thunder, and you love him in Night at the Museum.
1: Yes, I do.
0: Oh god, I forgot that <laughs> I forgot that Riptorn was in this movie. What a name. Riptorn, guys, you probably know him as Zed from Men in Black. Riptorn is just really good at playing like creepy old dudes who are not all there. You know what I'm saying?
1: He's the one with the gravelly voice and everything.
0: Yeah, he's the voice of Zeus in Hercules.
1: Didn't know you had a famous
4: father, did you? Surprise!
0: He's in B-Movie, and according to the internet, I learned something today. He was in God of War 3. Really? Who? Hephaestus.
1: Ah, oh, he is Hephaestus, and now that I hear it... Zeus
4: may have imprisoned me here, but you are the reason I live in torment. I did you no know wrong, Hephaestus. I pursue only one Olympian. Well, as long as it's only one Olympian. ha <laughs> ha.
0: Uh, Justin Long is here. Oh, the punching bag? (laughs) He takes a lot of abuse in this movie!
1: Seeing Justin Long get hurt is a form of comedy in itself. (laughs) Because he's just so hittable, you know? (laughs) Everybody has that really hittable friend, right?
0: No, no, that's not what you mean. Like, you just look, you think you could throw him around
1: a little bit. I'm that friend to everybody, what are you talking about?
0: (laughs) You're the punching bag?
1: It takes one to know one.
0: (laughs) Guys, you've seen Justin Long in Accepted, Jeepers Creepers, Zack and Miri Make a Porno. He was in Galaxy Quest. He's that nerdy kid that helps them get home.
1: Ah, Galaxy Quest. Bring (laughs) that to the show as soon as possible.
0: I know. We're working on it. We're working on it. We also have Steven Root. Uh, You guys will recognize him from the movie Office Space. He's the stapler guy. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Did you take my stapler? And you'll likely recognize him as the voice of Sergeant William Fontaine de la Tour on King of the Hill.
4: That's Bill Dotrive. <laughs> I'm fat and I'm old and every day I'm just gonna wake up fatter and older. Then somehow I managed to drag this fat old bald bastard out into the alley every day. I'm out there digging holes, falling into them, climbing out, trying again. And tomorrow I'm gonna hang outside at a lady's prison.
0: Bill's one of my favorite characters on that show. Me too. He's absolutely. He's so pathetic. He's so lovably pathetic. Ugh, I hate it. I hate it. Uh, guys, welcome back to Kicking and Streaming. Mr. Alan Tudyk. Alan Tudyk. I love him so much. Guys, he was the voice of Sonny in iRobot when we did that last year. Classic. Nerds in their 30s will recognize him as Wash from the show Firefly and the movie Serenity, which just if you know, you know, and... <laughs> you
1: can't you can't see me right now, but I'm saluting.
0: <laughs> exactly right! He was in Tucker and Dale vs. Evil. <laughs> oh my god! That movie's
1: just excellent. Oh, uh, yeah, that movie's great. You need to do that one for Halloween.
0: And he's the voice of King Candy in Wreck-It Ralph. You wouldn't hit a guy with glasses, would you? <laughs> you hit a guy with
1: glasses. That's... <laughs> Well played. He totally is, isn't he?
0: Yes, he is. He does a lot of, like, really unexpected, like, voice work. Like, you hear it and you're like, you don't immediately think it's Alan Tudyk. Chris Williams is here. Uh, he's in Scary Movie 4, which, weirdly enough, is the only scary movie I've seen. Same here. That's the only one I've seen. He's also in The Joneses. I've never seen that. and But he's in a lot of television. I saw him on Fresh Prince when he was young. Really? Yeah, I can't remember what episode that was, but I, knew, I, I recognized his aged face. I was like, I've seen that guy. Joel David Moore is here. Uh there's no way you folks won't recognize him from Avatar. He's the tall lanky doctor.
1: I don't remember Avatar as well as I should.
0: <laughs> Apparently really? there were like a team of researchers. He's the really tall skinny one. Well, I don't remember the humans. I remember the alien people, the Pandorans. They're not that's not what they're called. They're called the Na'vi, you they're, fucking they're- noob.
1: Oh, well, excuse me. <laughs> I have not caught up on my Avatar lore for Avatar 2. Uh,
0: Missy Pyle is here. She's been with us before. She's in the Tim Burton Mafia. She was in Big Fish. She's in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. She's also in Galaxy Quest. She's the alien that, that Monk falls in love with. Um, She's also in Home Alone 4, which what? Ro- Ross would insist I bring up just because Home Alone 4. Like, I can't believe that's a thing that exists. Some other names, we've got some repeat offenders with us. We have Jason Bateman. Jason Bateman's back after two weeks. I did not plan that. Uh, Julie Gonzalo is here. She was in Freaky Friday. Uh, Hank Azaria, he was with us when we did The Birdcage. Some other names, Gary Cole, William Shatner is going to be with us. Pat Oswalt, Chuck Norris, David Hasselhoff, Lance Armstrong. Lance
1: Armstrong in a movie about winning fairly in an athletic competition.
0: <laughs> that conversation did not age well. And we will bring it back
1: up when he appears. I promise
0: you that. All right, we got to get into this. I've taken too long to get into this. So
1: many names.
0: This movie opens with an ad, which it's just like, my brain had this Pavlovian response where I reached for, I I moved the cursor to the bottom right-hand corner of the screen because I was like, oh, this is an ad. And like, I went to (laughs) try and skip it.
2: Tired of the same old you? Tired of being out of shape and out of luck with the opposite sex? Tired of being overweight and
1: under-attractive?
0: Yeah. This is an ad for Globo Gym. Globo Gym is the exact kind of place I would absolutely hate to work out in.
1: Oh, because they make the women wear high heels when they're working out?
0: No, it's not that bad. Are there women wearing yes. high heels? Yes, women are wearing high heels in the gym. Oh my God, I've never noticed that. I've literally never noticed that they've all got high. It's just one of those places that is a safe haven for roided-up dudes and insanely hot women to maintain their outrageous physiques. Like, the environment is uncomfortable in every way. Like, everything is chrome. Everything is, like, all bright and shiny and, like, really futuristic-looking. And, like, everybody is obsessed with the way they look.
1: So it's like the Keystone Mall.
0: Yeah, I mean...
1: (laughs) It even kind of looks like the Keystone Mall now that I think about it. That's
0: a local joke, but yeah. (laughs) Like, I just, all these people that are so obsessed with fitness, and I'm going to say fitness because this movie goes out of its way to point out that fitness looks like many things, but not at Globo Gym. You're either hot at Globo Gym or you're not at Globo Gym. (laughs) Ben Stiller is here as White Goodman with his feathered hair, handlebar mustache. I will say this much,
1: that is absolutely the name of that character.
0: Like White Goodman?
1: Yes, visually, that is his name.
0: Oh, I hate it. It just, I hate it. Oh, hello.
1: I'm White Goodman. Owner, operator, and founder of Globo Gym
2: America Corp. And I'm here to tell you that you don't have to be stuck with what you got.
0: He's such an absolute douche nozzle. Like this, is this is a man who is so obsessed with how he looks. He's obsessed with making everyone else around him nuts about the way they look. And like, he's so insecure that he has an inflatable crotch, Gavin.
1: Oh, I'm very much aware. And we will get back that.
0: He's literally a caricature of the dudes you go to the gym and try to avoid. Like the swole guys who are convinced they're better than you because they can lift more than you.
2: Here at Globo Gym, we understand that ugliness and fatness are genetic disorders, much like baldness or necrophilia. And it's only your fault, if you don't hate yourself enough, to do something about it. <laughs> And that's where we
4: come in.
0: (laughs) That evil laugh. He's an actual villain. He's almost too cartoonish to be taken seriously. This was when workout culture and body image industries were hitting like peak toxicity with like emphasis on what bodies should look like if they're healthy and how you should be ashamed of yourself if you're not a size two with 0% body fat.
1: And that's it, folks. Like, this film is very fat phobic.
0: Yeah, like, I appreciate the attempt to shine light on the fact that there is not one way to be when it comes to your fitness. It's your body, so it's your rules. However, you want to look, that you should have your own personal goals. But, like, the movie still makes fat people the butt of the joke over and over again. And that is something that on this rewatch, I could really not stomach.
1: Yeah, this film does a lot of that and it kind of it's it's not okay.
0: It's not. Like I just uh anyway, I'll save it. Then we meet our quote hero. Peter Lafleur. Which
1: to me sounds like the name of a mobster that has very little respect or some sort of perfume line.
0: I don't like Peter. Peter, I, as far as, like, lead characters go, Peter is not somebody I really root for. Yeah, me neither. Like, so, it just, this this movie undercuts itself in that way from the beginning. Unlike White, Peter is just a regular dude. He's tall, apathetic, in dead up to his eyeballs.
1: Yeah, he's Eight months behind on his power and water bills.
0: Drives a busted car. He's also a small business owner. Peter is the owner of Average Joe's Gym. Average Joe's Gym is like the, the exact opposite of Globo Gym.
1: Which is right across the street.
0: They're right across the street from each other.
1: Now, here's the question. Are they? Because in the shot where they <laughs> establish that fact, Globo Gym is so clearly not actually there. It is... <laughs>
0: That's because it's a big, ridiculous, shiny building. It looks like a JPEG. (laughs) The lighting is not matched. There is a tree behind it that
1: where the gym should be. (laughs) It's like, oh, do you have a a gym? No, this thing is two-dimensional.
0: Average Joe's is a place where just average-looking dudes, hence the name, can come and work out, pursue their own body goals, and, like, this is literally one of those places where everybody knows your name. Cheers. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. It's it's the cheers of Jim. It kind of looks like a YMCA
1: Like, maybe a defunct YMCA. Yeah,
0: like, everything in here hasn't worked since the 90s. And they like it that way. Yeah, there's, like, drink machines that are so old. I only see these kinds in, like, church basements. Like, that's how old these things are. And, like, all of the equipment is a little outdated. But, like, everybody's happy. Everybody knows everybody. Everybody's comfortable. Let's talk about Peter's employees slash best customers slash friends, shall we? First, we have Dwight. That's Chris Williams. I think he's a personal trainer or something he's always like wearing a headband and a whistle and like he's always busy so i'm really not sure and then we have owen that's joel
4: i'm trying this new voicemail dating thing
3: you know right and like no one's even left me a message and it's been almost two months well keep your chin up there's someone out there for everybody you think absolutely you know in some cases there's two somebodies for one person i like to call that the jackpot
0: He's just kind of tall and vulnerable and wants to be loved. And like, I just, he's so precious to me in this movie.
1: There's a little bit of Owen in all of us.
0: And then we have Gordon.
1: He's the rules lawyer of the team.
0: Yeah, he's the one who knows everything about the obscure sports. Did you catch a game last night?
1: Can I say yes to
0: you? Uh, amateur curling <laughs> championships on ESPN I
3: 8? have no idea. Wow. Wow. You missed a doozy. Really great stuff. Yeah, I feel dumb for asking this, but, but how do you hear about these things? Huh? OSQ? Obscure Sports Quarterly? Of course the OSQ. Started reading it in college, you know, for the chicks. <laughs>
0: (laughs) He's so dear. He's just this little bespectacled middle-aged guy who's just trying to keep himself in shape. And he's he's always got his walkman, like a walkman. Can you believe?
1: So many things in this movie are already super dated. And to see that just sends it into the stratosphere. (laughs) We are introduced to Justin Long, whose character name is also Justin.
0: (laughs) Oh my god, he's such a baby! Yeah, he's such a baby and is currently about to hang himself. Oh my god, when we first see him, he's all tangled up in the exercise equipment. Like, how? (laughs) How did this happen? He's another dorky kid. He's in high school. He's trying to bulk up so he can make the cheerleading squad. Hey, no judgment here. No, no, no! I wasn't trying to judge. It's just not something you hear in movies very often.
3: What are you doing with all that weight anyway? It's dangerous. Well,
0: it'll be worth it when I make the cheerleading squad this time. Prove to Amber and everyone else that I'm not a loser.
3: Okay, hang on a second. You want to become a cheerleader to prove to a girl that you are not a loser? Yeah. What? Nothing. Just high school's changed a little bit since I was a kid. Plus, all anyone ever remembers is what happened at last year's triumph.
0: Here's part of my quibble with this movie on the fat phobia. Like, here's an example right up here at the beginning we get a flashback to the last time he tried out for cheerleading tryouts oh
1: gosh the flashback
0: oh my god okay first of all her dirtbag boyfriend is also on the cheer squad like the committee whoever picks these people
1: assigning positions on the team
0: and like he assigns the fat girl to Justin so he'll look bad on purpose so he'll fail exactly he cause he has to throw her that's the sight gag
1: ready one two Liberty, ready?
0: They did Lori Beth Denberg really dirty. Okay, she plays the fat girl that's trying out for cheerleading. Uh huh. He gets her up, and then when he tries to change position, she—oh, f- that has never happened.
1: Her headphones have fallen off her head, folks.
0: I—I I, God. The rage that she is feeling. <laughs> Has sent the headphones skyward. I became so animated that I knocked them off my head. And he goes to change position and she falls on him and crushes him, right?
1: Directly onto his face.
0: Like, it's so gross. And then, like, when she gets off of him, they've piped in a squish sound effect.
1: Oh, I heard that, that stupid squish sound effect and I, I was like, oh, that's so awful.
0: That is just ugly. It's just absolutely ugly. The fat people are the butt of the joke. We are not in on it. Like, and it just, it makes me so mad. All right, moving on from Justin. Good, I'm glad we're here because this will elevate my mood. We also have Steve the Pirate. This is Alan Tudyk.
1: Who introduces himself as the Dread Pirate Steve.
0: (laughs) This guy, Steve the Pirate, for reasons that are never explained, lives his whole life as a pirate. He dresses like a pirate, he behaves like a pirate, talks like a pirate. And not even on talk like a pirate day. Yeah, like this. you know, some people do that for fun. This guy is living it. I don't know if he's had a severe break with reality. I don't know if he just does it t- to like, prank everybody else. I, d- I don't know what's going on here.
1: But he's not hurting anybody. He's not. It is about the matter of payment for
3: me membership. Steve be a touch short this month. Well, that's all right. Steve, just pay me when you get the
2: money. The Dread Pirate Steve being no man's debt. I'll make a barter with you. Truth's in our star. Right in exchange for your kindness, I'll be splitting my buried treasure with you.
0: <laughs>
1: Once I find that, that be.
0: I love Steve the Pirate. He's
1: probably my, f- he's my favorite character. And we have Alan Tudyk's performance to thank for that. So thank you, Alan. <laughs> if you are out there listening.
0: <laughs> There's no way he is, but God, I wish he was. Call me. Peter goes into his office, and this is where we meet his female foil for the movie. The last
1: member of the crew.
0: This is Catherine Veach, played by Christine Taylor. She's a lawyer who represents the banking institution where he has his account, right? All his business accounts.
1: And if you can tell anything about Peter by his everything, he is very much bad with his money, and it's going to affect his gym. Hang
3: on a second. You're saying
1: this place here is in default? No,
4: you're in foreclosure. You were in default during the six months we sent you delinquency notices.
3: I thought that those were just warnings.
4: They were warnings.
3: Well, no one warned me. So what happens now, I just pretty much make my payments out to somebody else.
0: It means you have 30 days to pay off the balance of your mortgage or you lose your gym. Pete hasn't been paying the bills because, number one, he's not great with money, like you said, and number two, he's always letting people slide on their gym memberships because this is supposed to be a a good place where ordinary people can hang out, right? He's trying to be
1: a good guy, but a good guy does not necessarily make a good businessman.
0: He keeps no financial records, has no sense of business organization or structure. Like, she's like, I need to take a look at your documents. And he leads her over to the closet, and they open the closet, and like an avalanche of paper falls out. I
1: fully expected it all to fall out in a side gag.
0: (laughs) It's a logistical nightmare, and I already feel bad for her. Speaking feeling bad for her i hate that from the moment she enters this narrative she is nothing but objectified and sexually harassed by the main character we're supposed to like yeah like both the villain and the main character like i don't I don't get it.
1: And spoiler alert, for some reason, they end up together. It does, it does not read that way at all. He is just, like, harassing her from the get-go.
0: Yeah, we're just going to say up at the top, like, they're going to get together in the end. I don't want to spend, like, minutes dissecting these scenes between them that are supposed to be romantic, okay?
1: And you guys have seen a movie before. Yeah,
0: you've seen a movie. Kate also tells him that there is an offer on Average Joe's Gym.
1: Who could it be? Uh, who else but White Goodman? It's not super established in the film, but Peter and White have a history together.
0: Like, what is their history together? Like, these guys have beef, but I feel like nobody does the proper job of explaining to us why White is so obsessed with making Peter's life hard. I think Peter worked for
1: him for a while or something. They they had a business relationship, and then there were some things done, things said, and...
0: I think those are throwaway lines at the beginning somewhere, but... Peter goes to visit White's office where he's training with his body man, Michelle. I don't know what you're picturing, but you need to be picturing a black football player, like a lineman. This guy played professional football. Peck's out to here. Uh, Jamal Duff, he was a defensive tackle for like the Giants, I think.
1: I don't follow sports either, so I'll just believe you.
0: He absolutely towers over Ben. It's hysterical. So, no pun intended, White throws his balls around for a couple of minutes. Oh, shut up. I know, he's just like, I know that your gym's in foreclosure. You gotta come up with 50 grand in 30 days, and I know you can't do it.
2: There's nothing you can do about it. In 30 days, I'll be bulldozing that shit heap you call a gym into permanent nothingness. And I can only hope that you and the mongrel race that comprise your membership are inside it when I do.
0: Peter goes back to his friends and co workers to tell them about their situation. They're all gathered in his office. He tells them, listen, if we don't get the money together, Average Joe's is going to be demolished to make a parking lot for this Globo gym across the street.
1: So they need to come up with an idea to make a lot of money quickly. And what idea do they come up with?
0: I got it. I know how we can raise the money. How? Car wash. My <laughs> own <laughs> cut to these shots of these women in bathing suits washing cars and you know we're getting shots from the inside of the car. They are making
1: money.
0: And it's like oh wow this is a really good idea and then it cuts to across the street and the guys are standing there shirtless, pale, no customers. And no money. (laughs) This I don't I don't even know who these women are. I don't know if it's a sorority or what, but they just happened to set up a car wash the exact same day right across the street from them. That's capitalism at work, though.
1: God bless capitalism.
0: Ew. <laughs> <laughs> So the car wash doesn't work out, they go back to the drawing board, and like, I hate Peter, because he's not invested in this. He's all but given up. Already. Already. He thinks, well, if it's meant to be, it's meant to be. Like, let's just start saying goodbye to this place. He's passing out beers like a toast to our stupid little lives. (laughs) Let
3: me be the first to say goodbye to average jokes. We gave it a hell of a run, guys. Now let's try to have some fun. I'm going to go put on the thong song and we'll tear this place apart.
0: Wait, wait, Peter, Peter. We could play dodgeball. That's when you see Gordon's eyes light up. We could play dodgeball. There's a tournament in Las Vegas. I feel so dumb I didn't think about it before. I read about
2: the Las Vegas International Dodgeball open every single year in Obscure Sports Quarterly.
3: Of course, I mean, that's a very, very common, totally common thing.
2: Yeah, and the best part, the best part, it's open to any team that wins a regional qualifying match. How the hell is Dodgeball going to get us the $50,000 we need to save this place?
3: Because they have a cash prize for the first place winner? How much? $50,000.
0: <laughs> Dodgeball is ridiculously fun. Like, I would do this in a heartbeat.
1: Absolutely. It was like the one game in school that I was not picked last for.
0: Like, I also had to get kind of good at it because I was a target. I was a chubby kid. <laughs> I'm
1: so sorry. I
0: know. Like, it's it doesn't have to be a sorry. Like, it's fine. It's fine. That's the thing. My life... Uh, as a fat person, is only bad because people treat me poorly for being fat. Like, I'm
1: sorry, sweetie.
0: That's the fu- that's fine. It's a fact that I was physically larger than the other kids and a bigger target. So I had to learn how to defend myself. I kind of want to gloss over the scene where Kate, the lawyer, goes to visit White. And, like, I don't really want to spend time in this scene because he does nothing for three minutes except sexually harass her. He just becomes obsessed with her in this movie. And it's, just, it's going to be gross from now till the end.
1: Buckle up, people.
0: So Justin gets this film reel from his school that explains the origins, the quote, origins of dodgeball. They've done it, like, in, like, the old 50s film reel style where they're like, Hey, Timmy! Hey, kids! Like, I'm here to explain a thing to you. I
1: love this gag. It's Uh, really, it's actually kind of funny to me. Besides the racism. Yeah,
0: I can't take the racism. They make up this really racist origin for dodgeball. Like, they just pulled this out of the clear racist sky. Like, they say that it goes back to... Chinese opium dens. Yeah, Chinese opium dens. Like, Chinese people would get fucked up on opium and then play a game where they threw severed heads at each other? Shut up. Here's the thing, guys. Dodgeball does have an origin, it goes back to Africa, and they used rocks, not heads. Wow. They used rocks.
1: You did your research, and that is some painful research.
0: (laughs) Yikes. Hank Azaria makes an appearance as a young version of Patches O'Houlihan, who is like a legendary dodgeball superstar.
3: But remember, Dodgeball is a sport of violence, exclusion,
2: and degradation. So, when you're picking players in gym class, remember to pick the bigger, stronger kids for your team. That way, you can all gang up on the weaker
1: ones. So in order to qualify for the tournament in Vegas, they need to win at least one qualifying match.
0: And the only one left for the season is coming up in like three days. They haven't had a chance to practice. They don't have uniforms. They don't even know what their team structure is going to be. All they
1: had is that training video <laughs> from the 50s.
0: They all show up to the gym where the match is going to be. And Justin's actually feeling pretty confident. How many teams are in this qualifier? Uh,
3: Two. So all we have to do is beat this team and we're in the Vegas Open, right? Yeah, yeah. That seems pretty simple. Who's the other team? Uh, I have it right here. Just a sec. Uh,
2: Troop 417. Christ. We're playing Boy Scouts.
3: Not quite.
1: Enter five little girls.
0: These Girl Scouts mean business. Like, let me be very clear. These Girl Scouts muscle them so Hard in this match They embarrass them These are grown men And they are getting their asses whooped By these Girl Scouts I'd actually forgotten all about this part of the plot Because like they lose They lose hard They lose Badly <laughs> And so <laughs> they're, give, they're giving the qualifier To these Girl Scouts Presenting them with the award And then this person comes up and taps the guy On the shoulder He's like uh uh-uh, uh we got a problem During the ADAA
4: Required random drug screening One of your players urine tested Positive for three separate types Of anabolic steroids And a low grade Beaver tranquilizer I'm afraid, by rule, your team must be disqualified.
0: God damn you, Bernice! (laughs) God damn you, Bernice!
1: And, by default, the winner of the Dodgeballs tournament (laughs) is Average Joe's
0: Gym. Yes! We're in the tournament now, so, like, we're that much closer to $50,000. But only
1: by the skin of their teeth, so they're gonna have to figure out something quick.
0: That's the thing, these guys, like, fail up for the, like, the first part of this film pretty hard.
1: It is a comedy, after all.
0: Do you want to talk about the cardboard cutout? Because I think we forgot to earlier.
1: Yeah, in order to keep track of all of the things going on in Average Joe's Gym... White sends a cutout of himself to the gym and it just leaves it there as kind of like a taunting gesture.
0: Yeah, it's like a prank. However, deep in the beady little eyes of this
1: cutout are two cameras that White is using like a spy to keep track of what's going on in the gym.
0: He has seen them practicing on the the security camera, right? In the cutout. On the white cam, yes. Yeah, on the white cam. And like, he's like, okay, the only way that I'm going to prevent this from happening is if I enter my own team. They're relaxing at a bar after the qualifier, and ding-dong, White is here with his entourage. He introduces them
1: to the team he's assembled. And they are a bunch of muscly, strong people.
0: What are their names? I bet you wrote their names down. Uh, His right-hand man,
1: Michelle, is on the team. (laughs) Followed by Blade, Laser... And Blazer. I love
0: that so much!
1: That is a really funny gag. I really enjoyed that joke.
0: Oh my god, and you forgot about somebody!
1: Oh, I didn't forget. (laughs) I was leaving her for last! (laughs) Meet Fran Stalinaskovich davinovich
2: In her home country of Romanovia, dodgeball is the national sport. And her nuclear power plants team won the championship five years running. Which makes her... The deadliest woman on earth with a dodgeball. Show them, Fran.
1: She pulls out a dodgeball and just nails this guy standing next to the jukebox. (laughs) And he might be dead. I'm surprised she didn't take
0: his head off like as hard as she hit him. He's not moving after they see him again. (laughs) He's out cold. The gag with Fran is that she is just supposed to be fugly. Like she's got bushy eyebrows and she's and Missy Pyle's wearing a flipper so that her she looks like she has a huge overbite. It's not kind. It's not kind, y'all. I, I hate it. Why do we gotta do this? You know who does think she's beautiful? Who? Owen!
1: Of course he does. <laughs>
0: He's looking at her like entranced Lady in Red is playing in the background. Lady in Red.
1: (laughs) He is enamored with the power.
0: (laughs) I know, right? You can relate. I can
1: relate. (laughs) I love you. Step on me.
0: (laughs) And together they make up the Globo Jim Purple Cobras. What a name. That shit where they slap their knees and hiss like snakes.
2: We are the Globo Jim Purple Cobras. And we will, we will, rock you.
0: (laughs) So good. So Peter's leaving the bar. He's like, I'm sick of this shit. I'm going home. And this old man in a wheelchair wearing like an aviator bomber jacket. He's got long gray hair. He just rolls up to him and starts telling him how embarrassing that was.
4: Hey, you that was the worst damn display of dodgeball i've seen in 40 years you want to have dodgeball victory you gotta grab it by its haunches and you gotta pump it into submission that's the only way okay crazy guy i'm, I'm gonna go home now i'm crazy and i ain't a guy the name is patches o'hoolahan i'm your new coach
0: Remember from the 50s, like old real film?
1: This is the guy.
0: This is the guy. And, like, I don't even know where to begin with describing current day patches to y'all. Patch's introduction into this narrative is kind of another old sports film trope, right?
1: Yeah, where, like, the old legend comes out of retirement to help the newbie reach their potential or something like that. Like Karate Kid.
0: Yeah, there's lots of references to sports films, because I feel like this movie almost rises to the level of parody. You know what I'm saying? It's trying
1: its very best to be as tropey as possible.
0: So because they have no other options... They're gonna let this weirdo teach them how to play dodgeball. Which they have really
1: no proof that this is the same patches (laughs) from the video. They just go along with it.
0: I find it strange that they just all happen to be in the same bar together. Movie logic. (laughs) You're right, you're right, you're right. Speaking of sports movie references, when we start with the training montage of him showing them the fundamentals of dodgeball... How
1: to be dodgeballers.
0: <laughs> yeah, this whole absurd concept where he takes out this bag of wrenches and just starts chucking them at people.
4: If you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball.
1: What? Oh! oh.
0: Oh my god! Like, I don't know why they have to be wrenches. It's obviously for the joke. Like, when he beans Justin Long in the head Uh, with that wrench. Oh god, he goes down. It looks so real. Like, the wrenches are rubber. They're not real. But he makes it look so real when that wrench collides with his face. It wasn't until I watched it this time that I finally understood why they're wrenches. Because it's so that people will get the fuck out of the way when they see it coming towards them. So if, it, so, so if they dodge the balls like they're dodging those wrenches, they're going to be really effective players. It's kind of like wax on, wax off.
1: To quote Zenyatta from Overwatch, pain is an excellent teacher.
0: <laughs> of course, it's a training montage, so he's shouting all kinds of insulting things at them from the sidelines like, I've got three
4: weeks to whip you suck-ass oh, fared oh, in into oh, shape! Everybody! Come on! Get better
1: runs in my shorts. One of my favorite lines that he yells in this movie is, uh, you're about as useful as a cock-flavored lollipop.
0: <laughs> what is that line? I understand. I understand what he's saying. <laughs> oh, shut up. <laughs> Kate the lawyer is watching them practice horribly. Like, it's just... Embarrassing. She's embarrassed for them. And this ball rolls over to her and she picks it up and they're like, hey, can you, a little help here? They've got the white cutout like underneath the basketball goal or something like that. Just... All marked
1: up with marker making it look stupid.
0: And she underhand pitches this ball and knocks the head off that De- cutout. Capitates the thing. Ah!
4: What? Eight years of softball.
0: Man,
3: she gotta be a lesbian. She is not a lesbian. All I know is that dad can
1: play.
0: There's, like, this whole running joke in the movie where they speculate on whether or not she's a lesbian. Gross. I hate it. And we're not going to talk about it after this, because it's just gross, but it just, it just, it doesn't stop being gross until literally the very end. And even then, Ugh. not by much. They really want her to play for them, because she's obviously got a heater, And but, like, she can't. She can't play for their team, because she technically represents white.
1: And that would be a conflict of interest.
0: And she's, a, She's a very ethical
1: lawyer, like... She knows this. She's the one who brings up the fact that it would be a conflict of interest, but she does not stick to that.
0: (laughs) Oh, my God. Okay, I don't... I just... I I wouldn't be me if I didn't bring this up, but do you want to talk... Are you talking about the pizza? Oh, my God! Let's talk about White's personal reflection, period, quote. So,
1: decapitating the White figure cuts the feed to the camera that White is getting, and Michelle runs into his office to tell him that they've lost the feed and cut to ben stiller trying to fuck a slice of pizza
0: that's literal okay like he's like he starts by smelling it like he he's doing this thing that is almost like self-flagellation where he he puts food that's really bad for him in front of himself to tempt himself to tempt himself and then like he just kind of gets off on not eating it he's sniffing this pizza and it's so inappropriate and then like what right, shoves it down
1: the front of his pants
0: right before michelle opens the door he starts to slide it down the front of his pants, and I'm like, is he about to fuck that
1: pizza? Yes, he certainly is. What the
0: hell? I'm
2: through playing games. It's time to end the square dance once and for all. What about the girl? She can throw. Well, I'll simply have to woo Kate a bit sooner than nature intended. But rest assured, Michelle, there's no resisting when White Goodman puts on his shiny shoes. <laughs>
0: next course of action is to go visit kate at her home after business hours he's there to ask her out so he goes up to her house he knocks on the door and of course she's weirded out that he's there how did he know where she lived
1: i'm gonna be honest I skipped this scene because I wanted to avoid how awkward it was going to be. Like
0: you couldn't handle the awkward cringe comedy.
1: Absolutely not. You
0: just wanted the earth to open up and swallow you. I wanted
1: it to end, and so I ended it. (laughs) What is it? You're
2: fired. I'm what? You're fired. I called up the bank and told them that you were stealing and drinking on the job. And they bought it. Can you believe it? They signed some other Johnny pencil pusher to my account.
0: Uh, Why would you do that?
2: I'm here to begin my courtship with you, Kate.
0: You fired me so i date you? Yeah. She's in the middle of rejecting him when Peter walks up on the scene.
1: She slams his face into her doorway. Thwack! <laughs> That's the part of the scene I did watch.
0: It's excellent to watch because you can tell she's taken a self-defense class or oh, two. Yeah. And she just makes a mallet of his face, and it is amazing.
4: Oh. oh! You don't get to touch me. Ever.
3: Okay, Romeo. Let me help you up.
4: Get off of me!
3: Don't you touch me! It is over between us, Kate.
0: Nobody makes me bleed my own blood. Nobody! Do you want to talk about her home before we move on? A little bit. (laughs) Like, she invites Peter in because he's here to try and convince her to be on the team again. I also thought that was weird that she let
1: him in. I know that White is a creep, but she has no reason to like Peter at this point either. That's another thing about this movie. I'll never understand why is she associating with these people when... Peter has done nothing but hit on her this entire movie.
0: Like, White's just, pardon the pun, more in-your-face about it. Exactly. And, like, but Peter still, like, hits on her all the time, even though she rejects him over and over.
1: But she lets him into the house, and she has a very (laughs) unique aesthetic.
0: She's obsessed with unicorns! I'm talking unicorn statues, I'm talking unicorn quilts, blankets, pillows.
1: Wallpaper.
0: There is like a merry-go-round horse in the middle of the room. In her house. That happens to look like a unicorn. I'm just like, lady. As Marie Kondo would say, does this spark joy? Apparently a lot. (laughs) Apparently like all 500 of these unicorn pieces really spark joy for her. More power to her. I have a lot of junk that I shouldn't have.
1: Pop figures.
0: I know you all have massive collections of those pop vinyl dolls. Like you have no room for judgment.
1: Guilty as charged.
0: All right, it's the first day of the tournament, y'all.
1: And we got some broadcasters.
0: Oh, we have got to talk about our commentators here for a second. We have Cotton McKnight. He's played by Gary Cole. And then we have Pepper Brooks, played by Jason Bateman.
2: My name is Cotton McKnight, and with me, as always, is my partner in crime, Pepper Brooks. Pepper, yeah, Cotton, hey, Everybody, 32 teams in play. That means four wins is going to get you in the final match with that fifth win getting you the 50K that everyone's chasing.
0: Cotton. These two are, like, some of the best comedy about the last half of this movie. I agree. Like, they're just, they're so different, like cotton is like what you would expect from a sports commentator polished tie sleeves rolled up kind of guy
1: and he talks in that special way that all people who commentate on sports talk
0: pepper is like obviously a lot younger it's jason bateman in 2004 and like he looks like a frat guy that got lost on his way to a party
1: he's acting really a fool which really upset me kind of because i'm so used to jason bateman being the straight man and whatever he's in yeah
0: he's like the in this one. And
1: seeing him in that role just kind of brought me out of it for a little bit.
0: He's got a neck tattoo of a flaming dodgeball.
1: I, I- saw that and I lost it. He's
0: got those stupid mirror sunglasses and hair gelled for Jesus. I'm living.
1: And all of this is being brought to you live from ESPN 8, The Ocho. The Ocho. The only network for sports that nobody cares about. <laughs> Listen,
0: I would watch The Ocho. I would absolutely too. Like, we we don't like regular mainstream sports, but like things like curling and like the Olympics, that interests us because we don't have to see it all the time.
1: There is a sport where you have to ski and use a sniper rifle at the same time. Where is that on daily television? <laughs> Please. Please.
0: Uh, Before we move on, I want to share with you the names of the other teams that are in this bracket, because they go by very fast on the screen, and they don't even show you all of them.
1: Oh, I'm very glad that you took the time to figure that out, because (laughs) they went by so quickly, and I was just like, I don't have the time.
0: We have the MILFs. Oh my gosh, yes! I don't even want to know. The Moose Knuckles, I also don't want to know. My gosh. The Clown Punchers. The Mulchers. Uh-huh. The She-Mullets. Oh, boy. We have the Globo Jim Purple Cobras and our heroes from Average Joes. There's the Wedgies. What? The Lumberjacks. Okay. The Yetis. Okay. The Pouncers. Team Blitzkrieg. They're the German guys. Ah, the Germans. The kamikazes, which is as racist as it sounds. Uh-huh. They're a bunch of aging Asian men in mawashis and headbands. Skills that kills, which is another stereotype about black people. They're wearing, like, all street dress and gold chains. Uh- and They're like a breakdancing team that also plays dodgeball. I can see it possibly, maybe. <laughs> Translating. Average Joes is in the locker room and they're getting ready for their first match and Owen comes in with the box of their new uniforms. He's so excited. They're supposed to be like all gold with like red trim and like look really nice, like proper uniforms. And he goes to open this box. I figured a real dodgeball team needs real dodgeball uniforms. And so I threw out those old ratty ones. i designed
4: design these myself. Oh, stop! Oh, ah, ah, thing going on? Maybe we start smacking each
3: other. I hope everything fits.
1: <laughs> Wait.
0: Nice. And they pull out all of this BDSM gear
1: leather, whips, dangly bits, everything that you could imagine.
0: Studded leather collars. Chains. Assless chaps. Assless chaps.
1: I need to repeat it. <laughs>
0: So, like, when they get called to the court, like, it's this big dramatic, like, and here's the challengers, Average Joes, and they all come out in, Out of the smoke. They're all wearing this leather gear, like, oh, Vince Vaughn has a collar on that says daddy. And here
2: comes the relatively unknown challengers, a regional qualifying team,
1: Average Joes Gymnasium. The room goes silent for a while. <laughs>
0: like, it's uncomfortably silent.
1: But they're like, hey, let's, let's play some dodgeball.
0: Like, it's not ideal clothing for playing dodgeball in.
1: Especially as bad as they are.
0: Oh, I now we have to talk about something I know you want to talk about. The referee. Yes, the referee. Because they the referee walks up to them and they're like, all right, guys, I want a nice clean game. And for some reason, I always enjoyed
1: how the referee i don't know refs the sh- refs the games <laughs> i believe that is the
0: verb yes
1: because he is very committed his performance is good to the
0: degree where i have to ask is he actually a referee in real life and i actually have an answer for that oh please tell oh yeah his name is actually al kaplan and he was the referee for american gladiators really like so he like this is his this is his deal this is his career this is what he does which is why he looks like he belongs here
1: More power to him.
0: I know, I I love him. He's just like one of those side characters that doesn't get enough love. Average Joes ready! Yeah! Blitzkrieg
2: ready! Uh -uh.
0: Dodgeball! And on the way! Average Joes versus the heavily favored German team. (sighs) Average Joes is up first against the Blitzkrieg team, the, the team of the huge German dudes. And it's looking pretty bleak. All of the guys get creamed by the Blitzkrieg and get tagged out. Kate is the one who has to bring the heaters and knock these huge dudes to the ground.
1: And boy, does she bring it.
0: She catches all of their shots and like gets the whole team back on the court. Because that's the thing. If you get hit by a ball, you're out. But if you catch the ball that's thrown at you, the person who threw it is out, and you get a person who's on the bench back on the court. She turns the tide of the match, and Average Joes wins. Average Joes! Ding, 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 cameo alert. Gavin, who is playing the coach of Team Blitzkrieg?
1: Oh, you know it's the man, the myth, the legend. David Hasselhoff.
0: (laughs) He's yelling at them in German. You are all swine. You have brought shame to your houses.
1: Thank you for translating that. (laughs) He holds up a photo of himself and slams it on the ground. You have made me look bad. How dare you?
0: <laughs> the second day of the tournament starts off pretty well. They've got their new red and gold uniforms so they don't have to play in leather anymore. <laughs> like I can only imagine all of the chafing and sweating that happened as a result of wearing the leather. They play the Lumberjacks first and win. Like it I love I love all the little sight gags with these team names. At yeah. least the ones that aren't racist. Timber! <laughs> when one of them goes down. <laughs> Then they play skills that kills and win. They play the breakdancing team. And all the while, the purple cobras are also advancing. Like, the purple cobras are just, for reasons that should be obvious, are very, very aggressive. Like, they are roided out of their minds and they're throwing rubber balls with intent
1: to kill. They don't like being fired from cannons. The way that these people are sent flying by these dodgeballs,
0: it's like they've been hit by trucks. Eventually, they advance all the way to the finals. Like Average Joe's is definitely going to have to go up against them for this prize money.
1: Throughout this tournament, every person on the team has gotten their time to shine, including uh, a moment of pure rage unleashed from Gordon that I absolutely love.
0: Oh my god! When like he, it's like the semifinals game, and like everybody, he's the only one left on their side of the court,
1: and he unleashes this the rage hidden beneath the nice guy facade and takes <laughs> out the entire team. It's great.
0: <laughs> I love it. So they go back to the hotel where they're staying, which of course has a casino in it because it's Vegas. Of course. Like, we're in Vegas again, two weeks in a row. It's exhausting.
1: It's good to be back, (laughs) It'll be harder to leave this time.
0: Alright, well just wait one minute! Just wait one minute! Because they're walking through the casino floor to get to their rooms, and Patches is telling them what a great job they did that day.
3: Tomorrow we're gonna pecker-slap those Globo Gym bastards! Yeah! You really think we can beat Globo Gym pieces? As long as we got Patches, we got a shot. <laughs>
0: And then this neon sign, this light up sign that says luck of the Irish on it, falls down and smashes patches. And he's dead! He is dead! dead he was crushed by a object that had luck of the irish written on it but they've lost
1: the linchpin of their team
0: like that's the thing right like isn't this always the way it happens the grizzled old sports mentor like meets some sudden and unpredicted end and suddenly the underdog team has to go on without them
1: the heroes think that this person this one thing was holding them all together when it's them all along
0: So they're sitting around licking their wounds. They don't know what they're going to do without Patches, which is just insane because he taught them the fundamentals and that's literally all he had to offer, in my opinion. Like, I just, I just, I would not like Patches. I, I don't like sports to begin with, but I would especially not like to play a sport where he was my coach. Fair point. Peter is all dejected. He goes up to his room in the hotel and White is in the room already.
1: Waiting for him.
0: He sits Peter down and he's like, listen, Peter, this is just not going to go well for you tomorrow. We're going to kick your ass and then I'm going to own your gym and everything you love and care about. So why don't you just give up now?
2: So that's the deal. I give you $100,000. You sign over the deed to your gym. Period.
3: End of story. You really think you can come in here and buy me out, White? You're a lot dumber than I thought. Oh, I don't think I'm a
2: lot dumber than you thought that I think that I thought I was once.
3: (laughs) What?
1: (laughs) You're right. It's almost unintelligible. Oh, I don't think I'm a lot dumber than you thought that I think I thought I was once.
0: (laughs) That is just hard to say slow. I know. Ben Stiller's got good talent for that kind of shit, that kind of comedy. The fast talking type of character, yeah. Finally, White looks at him and says, listen, you sign over the deed to your gym to me and I'll give you $100,000 and you get to go away and not care anymore.
1: It's like winning is more important to White than any of the, the conflict of this movie.
0: Like, it's just so gross. I can't believe he's that desperate. He just wants to own everything that Peter owns.
1: He wants to take everything from him
0: and over something that small and stupid he slept with a couple of his trainers like how small does your penis actually have to be to turn that into like a weeks-long vendetta against a small business owner
1: small enough to need an inflatable penis
0: but we don't get to see peter's answer to that question it cuts away he goes back down to the casino to where everybody's sitting and drinking and being sad well what are we gonna do peter
3: I don't know, Justin. It's a little complicated, isn't it?
2: Yeah, but what do you think we should do?
3: Yeah, come on, tell us.
2: People. Come on, boss. What's the
3: plan? Yeah. What do you guys want from me here? I don't have a plan for you. We're going to play Globo Gym tomorrow, and we're probably going to lose. It's the truth. The sooner you guys get that through your head, the easier this whole thing's going to be.
0: He's- just so
1: shitty in he's, this moment. He's being really mean to his friends
0: that are trying to hold on to hope that they are going to be able to save the gym they love. And they've been invested in this from the beginning, and I feel like Peter's never been invested in this. No. Like, he's got a couple of moments along the way where, like, Patches will, like, take him aside, and he'll be like, you're doing a good job, it's good that you're trying, but, like, just through the whole thing, his just can't-do attitude just really pisses me off. And, oh my god, the most unforgivable Thing he does is he's storming out of the casino and he runs into Steve the pirate on the way out the door and he muscles Steve.
4: Guard, lady, where are you headed? Theodore,
0: you are not a pirate.
1: And that just hurts.
0: That just and it, like he just leaves and like Steve looks devastated.
1: He walks out on onto the Vegas Strip and people throw cups and stuff at him and make fun of him and he looks at himself in the mirror and he's just like. I'm not a pirate. Like, he breaks that poor man.
0: Again, like we said at the top, Steve's not hurting anybody. He just likes to dress like a pirate. Go back
2: to Treasure Island! Back! Oh! Oh, yeah!
0: I'm so angry! Me too. Oh my god, poor Steve! Poor Alan Tudyk. I hate to see that man sad. Me too. Even if it's in a movie, I hate it. Alright, we arrive at the day of finals, baby. The
1: showdown.
0: Oh my god, all of the sports graphic packages that just make this look like the battle to end all battles. It's so over the top.
1: The randomly placed women dancing on poles around the arena for some reason. Because that's
0: relevant. And that's Vegas. (laughs) You're right! I'm gonna skip over the side plot where... Justin, the high school kid, temporarily abandons them to go participate in the cheerleading finals. I thought that was really weird that it was in there. It serves no narrative
1: purpose. It doesn't uh, show any character growth, really.
0: Exactly. Like, it ends with him getting the girl, basically. Because
1: they needed to have that as a plot point twice for some reason.
0: I don't get it. It's nice, but it's not why we're here. We came to see grown men get hit in the face with rubber balls. And
1: that's what we're gonna get.
0: Kate goes to Peter's room to get him before the match, but Peter has flown the coop! He's gone! He's sitting in the airport bar, drinking his feelings, realizing that he's gonna take the coward's way out, and he's just gonna not show up and bail on all these people. He's sitting there realizing that all of his friends are gonna disown him when who walks up But Lance Armstrong...
1: Famous cheater, Lance Armstrong. He's the cyclist who won the Tour de France five times in a row, but it was later revealed that he uh, had abused steroids and performance-enhancing drugs in order to secure his wins, and therefore they were stripped from him. They
0: took took his medals away.
1: Yes, and that was after this film. I think you better hurry up or you're going to be late.
3: Uh, actually, I decided to quit. Lance quit you know once i was thinking about quitting when i was diagnosed with brain lung and testicular cancer all at the same time but with the love and support of my friends and family i got back on the bike and i won the tour de france five times in a row but i'm sure you have
1: a good reason to quit
0: that speech didn't age well did it (laughs) no it aged
1: like milk
0: (laughs) with the love and support of my friends and family lance come on So William Shatner is here as the Chancellor of Dodgeball. The Chancellor of Dodgeball. What a title. Like, he's in the locker room telling average Joes that they don't have enough players to compete. Because not only has Peter disappeared, but Steve the Pirate has not reappeared to play with them. Please, we'll play with four people. It's not an advantage. Can't you bend the rules just this once?
3: There's nothing I could do. Rules are rules. You don't have enough players. Inform the committee and Mr. Goodman. About Average Joe's forfeit. Yes, sir.
0: He tells them that if they don't find somebody to take Peter's place, that they're gonna have to forfeit. And it almost happens, guys. Like, William Shatner is getting ready to hand the championship to White and the Purple Cobras. And, like, Peter just saunters in at literally the last second.
1: And he is a hero, despite having abandoned them already.
0: Like, I just, I never really agreed with the way the movie literally tried to get him to abandon them and then come back. I know that it's supposed to be a big deal that he came back, but I just, I'm done with Peter. And
1: that's a trope. That's a trope in sports movies in general. And other sports movies pull it off where someone coming back is a good thing and they're the hero. And this one, it happens so quickly that it, I don't believe it at all.
0: Like you didn't have a chance to get emotionally upset by it. No. And like they almost don't let them play because they'd already formally forfeited.
1: However... <laughs>
0: Gordon in his pamphlet of rules. He whips that pamphlet out and he's like, oh no, 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 sir. That's
1: not true.
2: The tournament committee can overturn the chancellor's decision, that's you, sir, by a two-thirds vote. Oh, well, he's right. What? He's
4: right. Yes,
3: oh it's a bylaw. It's a
2: it's a bylaw. What's a bylaw? Hang on a second here, folks. We might just have a championship game.
0: Have to put it to a vote of like the the eternal dodgeball council or whoever the hell they're supposed to be. The way they describe it makes it sound like
1: they should be sitting on the sidelines like wearing dark hoods and like <laughs> chanting or something. <laughs> dodgeball Deus Dodgeball.
0: <laughs> but like we get one judge that says yes, one judge that says no, and then there we need a tiebreaker, right? And who's the third judge, Gav?
1: He goes by many names. <laughs> the man. <laughs> The myth, the man who can kick things to death. <laughs> and his name is Chuck Norris. <laughs> when Chuck Norris does a push up, the earth moves down. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I love I love that era.
0: The finals match starts out pretty dicey. Like all of the Joes get out almost immediately because these dudes are huge and throwing, like you said, like their arms are cannons. It eventually tips back in the other direction where most of the Joes get back on the court, and then I think it's down to just Michelle and White on the other side
1: versus Kate and Peter.
0: Yeah, versus Kate and Peter. You're right. Michelle goes to throw Peter out, and Kate throws herself in front of the ball. No! Look
2: out! The floor goes down. He's a sitting duck. No! How about that, folks? Kate Beach takes the dodgeball bullet for Peter Lafleur. Now that's sacrifice.
0: It's all slow-mo and so dramatic it's it's ridiculous and, and pointless <laughs> It's entirely pointless <laughs> She's a better player. Damn. no why did she do this i know why she or did even this. attempt to catch it like i i you, right she could have caught it and then they would both still be in
1: but then we wouldn't have the drama
0: yeah it's like a grand romantic gesture right yeah it's
1: like after that it's the, the game will be paused he'll hold her in his arms and, <laughs> and she'll she die <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> in a dodgeball game
0: but that's not what happened. no So she's called out by the referee. The ref makes a good call. And, like, she's making her way off the court. She's leaving the game. And White beans her in the side of the face with a dodgeball.
1: Foul. Foul. I call foul. That's terrible sportsmanship.
0: Hey! A blatant cheap shot from White Goodman.
2: That's court misconduct. That's a warning. Oh, come on. Give me a break. You
0: okay? Yeah, I'm fine. Like, literally, literally, just because she won't go out on a date with him, he's gonna be this petty. And it leaves a sizable bruise on the side of her face. Yeah. I I felt that. He threw it really hard. Uh...
1: Yikes. And, of course, he's, like, going to the judge like, It was an accident! I thought she was still in the game! Blah, 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 blah. We don't believe you.
0: So, they reset. Now it's just Peter versus White and Michelle.
1: The odds are stacked against him. A
0: little bit, Yeah. Michelle goes to throw a killer ball at Peter and he dodges it and he counter throws and hits Michelle in the face. No, in the top of the head. In the top of the head. So Michelle's out, but White sees his opportunity and he hits Peter in the chest with the ball.
1: And it's over.
0: That's it. Oh my, Globo Jim wins a Cinderella story cast
2: asunder. Average Joe's has come all this way for nothing, absolutely nothing. They're not going to get anything, Cotton.
4: <laughs> no elimination,
0: double what? fault, double fault. You stepped over the line on the throw. Fault. Over the line. All I can think about is the big Lebowski where he's like pointing a gun at him. Over the oh line. line. This is not no, Smoky. This is bowling. There are rules.
1: <laughs> She's pointing her finger at me like a gun right now. And... <laughs>
0: I love how dramatic the sudden death is. Like, the, like all the lights go out, it's just like one godlight on all of them. Sudden death! That is total so bullcrap! AAA <laughs> continuation rule
2: 113D, sir! Sudden death! Alright, bring it! I don't
0: believe brilliant. it, but I sudden death! Ha, bah,
1: da, da, <laughs> da, da, dramatic music! That's right, they have entered sudden death.
0: I love how these dodgeballs are special. Instead of being red, they're like silver with like a black a, skull and a crossbones. skull and
1: crossbones on them. Like these ones are poisoned in some way.
0: The sudden death is tricky because they don't have free reign of the court. They have to stay inside this triangle, right? And they've only got one ball each. So if you throw too soon, you're defenseless. But if you throw too late, you're out. And for reasons that make zero sense outside of the fact that this is a sports movie trope, Peter is going to act crazy at the height of the stakes. He blindfolds himself. And like, everybody, obviously everybody's like, what, what the fuck is going on? And I love Cotton and Pepper.
2: (laughs) 23 years of broadcasting. I thought I'd seen it all, folks, but it looks like Peter LaFleur has actually blindfolded himself. Yeah, he will not be able to see very
0: well Cotton. Like, I'll be laying in bed, staring at the ceiling, trying to go to sleep, and I'll just think of that line. Like, he will not be able to see very well, Cotton. I'm going to close my eyes and go to sleep. She will not be able to see very well, Cotton. (laughs) The referee calls the start of the match, and nobody, like, immediately moves. Like, everybody in the audience, like, gasps.
1: It would be fitting for a tumbleweed to go across the stadium right now.
0: (laughs) White throws his ball first.
1: Goodbye, Peter.
2: I always knew you were weak.
0: And Peter like Matrix ducks. Hume.
2: <laughs> Air Goodman coming at ya. <laughs>
0: Starts celebrating. The team gets on the court and they're all jumping and really excited. And you know, the chancellor's got their check for $50,000.
1: $50,000!
0: But then White interrupts.
1: Of course he does.
0: With some very surprising news, actually. With some financial information.
2: (laughs) What are you so happy about, LeFleur? None of this matters. You signed your gym over to me last night. Remember? You lost. I won. Suck failure, freaks.
4: Peter, is that true?
3: Yeah, it's true. It's true I sold average Joe's to White. It's true that every man has his price. And it's also true that money won is a lot sweeter than money earned.
0: But here's the thing. It was all part of Peter's plan. Peter took his $100,000 and he placed a Vegas bet on the Joe's to win the tournament. And, like, the odds against them were- 50 to 1. 50 to 1. I love it because the casino brings him the winnings and, like, they roll it up in, like, a treasure chest. How Vegas is that? Overflowing with coins and, like, dollar bills. You know what it says on the front of the chest?
1: What does it say? This
0: is my favorite joke in the whole movie. It says deus ex machina on the front of the chest. (laughs) Really?
1: I didn't notice that.
0: Because at the end of this movie, no matter what, God still swept in and gave them, like, a $5 million plot cover. (laughs) Ta-da! Because now what's going to happen is even though Globo owns Average Joes, Peter can then buy the majority stock in Globo Gym and basically own both gyms.
1: Winner, winner, chicken dinner. (laughs) So I would
3: control Globo Gym and everything that Globo Jim owns, which, as of last night, is average Joe's... I'm your boss, White. You can't be my boss. Nobody's my boss. I'm my own boss. I created myself.
1: You're fired, pal. You can't do
0: anything to me. That turns out so great in the end.
1: I'm (laughs) your boss, and you're fired. (laughs) Right? White leaves in a huff, and on his way out, he scarfs down an entire hot dog in one bite.
0: Steve comes back when the treasure is brought out, and, like, He looks totally normal now?
1: He's shaved, he's wearing a polo shirt.
0: He looks so, like, boring. Normal. Peter scared the pirate out of him. Oh, when you say it like that, it's so sad. I know, but Peter looks at him and he's like...
3: I don't know, Steve. If you're not a pirate, who the hell am I gonna split all that very treasure with? Garth?
4: Peter?
1: It's so great that they brought out these winnings in a pirate treasure chest. <laughs> and you can see him, like, visually transform. Like, his face starts to do that kind of snarl. like, ar.
0: I would watch a Steve the Pirate-only movie, like a spinoff movie. Yar! And, and this movie does a nice little book ending, because at the beginning of the movie, we had the ad for Globo Gym, and at the end of the movie, we have an ad for Average Joe's Gym
1: which has had a, a new coat of paint applied to it, and it actually looks like a pretty legit gym.
3: I'm Peter LaFleur, owner and operator of Average Joe's Gym. And I'm here to tell you, you're perfect just the way you are. But if you feel like losing a few pounds, getting healthier, and making some good friends in the process, then Joe's is the place for you. And don't forget that youth dodgeball classes are forming right now. So come on down and learn a great game the way it's supposed to be played. Right, kids?
1: Hey!
0: I love it. They're all in the commercial at the end together. But who's watching the commercial? (sighs) Okay. I was enjoying this movie up until this point because I cannot believe this is the note they chose to go out on. Obviously, there's been a time skip. And in that time, White has just been eating and eating and eating and gaining more weight. They
1: put Ben still are in a fat suit
0: and it's so over the top and it just it leaves a really disgusting taste in my mouth like i just why is that the joke you chose to go out on i have no clue it absolutely sucks and i hate it but (laughs) so i guess that's it that's it folks like i'm sorry that i got real mad there at the end but if they also really lean on fat jokes
1: it's really kind of gross
0: it's disrespectful as hell
1: this movie has a couple funny jokes and some very good slapstick but other than that this movie is aged so poorly and i probably won't pick it up again after
0: this yeah i know it just stinks right it Uh, stinks watching these things as an adult and being like oh that's wrong
1: and how did i ever think that was funny
0: and you know what what stinks is that I'm probably going to say the exact same thing at the end of next week's episode.
1: Oh, my gosh. Like,
0: I obviously, obviously we set ourselves up for a pattern here with these fool-ass films. But I think it's important to go back and look at these things and be like, there's a clear distinction between comedy that is disrespectful and harmful and comedy that is hilarious. Like watching people get hit in the face with wrenches. That shit is amazing. And always will be. But we'll always have the wrenches, right?
1: We will always have the wrenches. (laughs) Take my hand. We're going to share this moment. Thank you.
0: So I'm sad to say that you will be leaving us next week. You will be going back to the editing bay where you find us clips and other things that we need.
1: But don't worry. I think I've proven that I can do this too. And who knows? I might be back sooner than you think.
0: Uh Uh-huh. I'm sad you're going to go, but I am kind of excited to have my old partner back.
1: That's fine. (laughs) Who knows? Maybe I'll start poisoning you sometime and then Ross and I can do an episode together. For the record... Humor, <laughs> just a joke. I I love your brother. I am not poisoning him.
0: Next week, guys, we are going to be covering the 2005 comedy film, The Forty Year Old Virgin. Oh my gosh! <laughs> it's the frat pack again. Yikes! And God, it's gonna be a lot of the same shit. But like, I'm gonna have something sappy to say about how that movie made me feel normal. In the meantime, you can go follow us on Twitter at Kick and Stream. K-I-C-K-N-S-T-R-E-A-M. Kick and stream. (laughs) Hell yeah. You can write the show at kickingandstreamingpodcast at gmail.com. That's with an and, not an ampersand. And don't forget, folks, practice the three R's. Rate, review, retweet. Rate, review,
1: retweet. That is hard to say.
0: Ross messes it up almost every week.
1: More quality content coming to you from kicking and streaming.
0: Until then, I'm Carrie. I'm Gavin. (laughs) And as always, sorry mom. (laughs) Got you,